This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. And uh, we're going to go to Psalms 124, 1 through 8, what we looked at last week. And I'm going to say this, that, that, that we are in a battle every day. And that battle is, is if we're going to trust God or if we're not going to trust God. And, and we're all dealing with issues and situations. But we got to realize that God is for us. Amen. And he was with the Israelites. Um, and, and he's with us today. And it says in Psalms 124, 1 through 8, it says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken. Underline that. The, sm- the snare is broken. Amen. And we are escaped and we got away. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Glory to God. So we see here that, that uh, Israel is, is like a type and shadow of really us as a church. Glory to God. And you can see some of what Israel went through in the Old Testament. And we know that Israel had enemies that came against them. But God was with them. God was protecting them from their enemies. And, uh, and they escaped. And I'm going to say this. The devil is trying to get us snared into traps all the time. But, but God and his anointing has broken that trap for us. Amen. Glory to God. The snare is broken and we are escaped. So what did you escape from? You, again, you escaped from the world system. You, you escape from the matrix that most people are living in that don't know Jesus Christ. They think they're going to live forever. They don't think that there's any judgment. Amen. But there is a judgment day. Amen. Glory to God. And thank God that our sins have been already judged on the cross. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank God for that. And so we have, have escaped, glory to God, and, and you have escaped by the help of the Lord. In Psalms 118, verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So, you know, one of the things that we got to be very careful of is that, that we get in fear of what man can do. Um, uh, I like this. It says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. So if we are dealing with worry, worry today, we're not fully persuaded that God is for us. If you're dealing with fear of any kind, then you're not fully persuaded that God is for you. And you need to get fully persuaded today. No matter what it looks like in your life, God is for you. Amen? God's raising up a people I believe in Exceed Life Church that will not fear man's opinions or what man can do to us. Amen. The enemy will try to instill fear about us, about our walk in Christ, in our testimony, in our relationship with the Lord. But you shall not fear. One of the things that Paul would pray uh, 
And even Paul was an, a powerful apostle of Christ. Uh, he was one of the, the greatest apostles ever raised up. But he would, ask, he would ask the church to pray that he would have boldness. Amen. And even the Apostle Paul prayed for boldness. I'm going to say this, that you need to come out of any fear or doubt or unbelief and come into the boldness of the Lord. And you can pray and ask God to give you boldness. Amen. So, so we, we need to understand that we don't want to have a fear of man or what man can do to us, but we need to reverentially fear God. I like what it says in Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Yes. Amen. So you don't want to fear man's opinions. You want to fear God. And he's, he's saying here that those that trust in the Lord, that's the key. Trusting in God uh, will remove the fear or the doubt or the unbelief in our lives. we got to trust God. No matter what it looks like. Yes, we got to trust yes. God. Amen. I know that Jesus, you know, he went to the cross and but he trusted God to the very end. We know we know that he did cry out, my Lord, my Lord, why have thou, thou, thou forsaken me? We know that he said that because because the Lord, he became sin. So the Lord had to look away when he was on the cross. But we know at the very end the last thing he said, into thy hands, I will commit my spirit to you, Lord. In other words, Jesus trusted God, even though it did not look good, what was happening in his life. But Jesus knew that the outcome was going to be a broader place. Amen. Remember last week I talked about that God, whatever we're encountering, uh, God, you know, we might be in a tight spot, but God will bring us into a broader place, a greater place in Him. Amen. Whatever the enemy's trying to do in our life to bring us down, God already has a plan to bring us up. Amen. It doesn't matter what the devil is doing. Amen. What, what, what matters is what God is doing. And God is even working behind the scenes. He's working uh, behind the scenes. We may not see everything, but you know what? It's not over yet. God is moving. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I like what it says in Matthew 10, 28. It says, do not fear those who kill the body. Amen. But, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What, what is, this is Jesus saying this. He's saying that we shouldn't have fear of anybody or any person or what they can do to us. But if we have a reverential fear of God... We will fear nothing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? If we understand that, that God is the one that, that can bring us to heaven, or he's the one that can, can, can uh, allow judgment to be in a person's life and bring them down to hell, he doesn't want to do that. But if they refuse to listen, refuse to receive him, his, his son's sacrifice, then they're going to end up in a bad place. But that's not for us. Glory to God. Because we fear God. Look at your neighbor and say, fear God. So we have to have a reverential fear of God. So the absence of fear, amen, is the presence of faith. I'm going to say that again. The absence of fear or worry in our life is the presence of faith. And faith is the key 
that pleases God. So, so, so in Psalms 118.7 it says, The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Amen. God is among those who help us. So what, what he's saying here is that not only is God helping us, but God has a network of people that he's in contact with called the body of Christ that will help us. I'm going to say it again. Not only is God going to help us, that's why we have church, because we stand together and we help one another in church. I thought about how we have meet and greet at the very beginning. And, you know, I, I was hugging some of you, uh, some of you beloved people. And I was thinking you need at least five hugs just to just to feel good for the day. Amen. We, we need love. Amen. We need love. Look at your name and say, you need some love. Amen. And, and so we, we need we need each other. And, and I love that. It says the Lord is for me among those among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire. In other words, God has his network. The devil has his network. I've preached this before. But God has his network of people that will help us and bring us into a better place. In Psalms 54, 4, it says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. Glory to God. So the Lord is our helper. And he's with those, in other words, he's with the, the, the people, the body of Christ that upholds our life. This is powerful. For God's desire is to help us. Yeah. Say, God is my helper. And I'm going to say this in this series, we need to get a revelation that God is our helper. Because I think sometimes in our walk with Christ, we forget that God is with us. We think that we have to navigate this life uh, by ourselves. We, we, we tend to, uh, one of the things about our faith walk is that we've got to be very careful that we don't become self-sufficient. Amen. Sometimes when we get finances and we have money in the bank, sometimes that can make, make us feel like, you know, because riches can be a false sense of security, the Bible talks about. And just because you have money doesn't mean everything is taken care of. Thank God for finances. We preach that God wants you prosperous. But, uh, but we got to make sure that we're still relying on God and that we're not losing the fact that we, that, that losing the fact that we, we need him. Amen? So this is powerful truth. God is with us. So, so I'm, I'm going to say this week, whenever you're encountering maybe a project or something to do, you need to say out loud, God, you're with me. You're for me. And you're in me. God is for you today. He's with you. He's going to help you. I was, we, I was at a birthday party uh, yesterday with my family. And uh, we, uh, it's, my mom has the birthday party for the kids and, uh, and my bro- brother, uh, my nephew's wife. And, um, and sometimes we play cornhole. And uh, I played cornhole yesterday. And uh, thank God, God was with me. I'm not going to say who won, but God was with me in the cornhole. And, you know, and, and just praying a little bit under your breath in the Holy Spirit and, and staying in peace and not getting uh, cocky, you can win in the game of life. 
Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, my brother George was, 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 was winning, and I asked him, let's play one more. And I, praise God, I ended up beating my older brother. Amen. 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 Uh, so God is good. Say, God is with me. That's a powerful truth. God is with us and he's for us. I think about Moses and how, how Moses had a call of God on his life. And, and, and Moses, you, you may know the story, you may not, but Moses in his 40s, he, he, he saw you know, a Hebrew slave being mistreated. And he ended up by an Egyptian. And he ended up killing that Egyptian out of anger. And he knew that he had a call of God on his life. And, and, so, and so he, out of anger, he killed this Egyptian. And, and the word got out that, that Moses killed an Egyptian. And Pharaoh find out, found out about it. And he ran for his life. Uh, and he went into the desert and lived for 40 more years on the backside of a hill. Amen? A mountain. He ended up getting married and all that. But, you know, I'm going to say this. He made a mistake and he thought that... God, I really believe this, that God wasn't with him anymore in the call. But one day, when he was tending the sheep, he saw a burning bush. And he saw that bush, and, and, the, and out of that burning bush, God spoke. And he, and he spoke to Moses, and he said, Moses, I, I still have a call on your life. I am still with you. It doesn't matter. Your past mistakes. It doesn't matter what you did in the, in the past years of your life. That, that the gifts and the callings of God, the Bible says, are without repentance. That means that his calling is still on your life. Do you believe that today? And so his calling is still on our life. And even after 40 years, God called Moses into the ministry to set the, the captives free, the Israelites free of the Egyptian bondage. And look at Exodus 3, 11 and 14. It said, but Moses said to God, and this is what, what we will say sometimes when God calls us and, and, and calls us to come back to church, if we've been out of church for a while, amen, calls us into, into a good place. He said, but Moses uh, said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So, so Moses kind of disqualified himself. So he said, I will certainly, and this is what God says, I will certainly be with you. So what, what is God saying? God is saying, you and God are a majority. He's saying that no matter what God is calling us to, if God is calling us to, he's going to equip us to do it. He's with us and he's for us and he's not against us. As he was with Moses, he said, I will certainly be with you. He will certainly be with us. Amen. Amen. And this shall be, and, and again, it doesn't matter the past mistakes. Because as long as you repent, your mistakes are in the sea of forgetfulness. And God is the God of the new beginning. God is the God of the second chance. God is a, are you hearing what I'm saying? God is the U-turn God. The do-over God. Amen. So, so, so don't let your uh, past mistakes 
hold you into bondage because God still has a call on each one of our lives. And he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers have sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall say the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. That's powerful. So, so what God is saying is, see, I am is one of God's covenant names. And, and it, it's talking about that, that God is, uh, he is eternally present. He has always been and he is now and he will always be. The name of God always, always speaks of his internal presence with his people. His presence to help us, comfort us, guide us. So much more, his presence never leaves you. He will always be with you, glory to God. This is the greatest comfort we can ever find, and we learn it from the name of God, I am. He is the great I am. Amen. Amen. He is who you need him to be at the time. You know what? If you're dealing with sickness, he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth you. If you're dealing with a financial deficit in your life, he is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He is who you need him to be at the time that you need him. He is the great I am. I think we sing a song about the great I am. He is the great I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. Glory to God. I love that. He is the author and finisher of your faith. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Hebrews 12 too. He is the author and finisher of your faith. God is working with us. The hope of glory. Amen. Glory to God. Now let's look at eight, uh, Romans 8.31. We hit this last week, but we're going to continue on. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So what is that, what is that saying? It doesn't matter how big the opposition that is against us. God is bigger. You know, Goliath was big. <laughs> Goliath was big, and the, uh, and the Israel army was shaking in their boots. Not one man would face Goliath. Not one. And there was rewards to taking Goliath out. And I'm going to say this to you this morning. There's rewards in taking your Goliath out. There's great rewards in taking that Goliath that's trying to take you down. There's great rewards in taking the, your Goliath out. But we got to be fearless, be ready to stand up, and we need to run towards our giants. And we know David, wasn't, he, didn't even have, he didn't even have barely the equipment. He had some stones. He had a sling. He didn't even have, his own, he didn't even have a sword. He cut Goliath's head off with his own sword. 
Goliath was equipped. The enemy may set some things against us that may look impossible. The, the, the odds may look impossible. But God is good at overturning the odds. So no matter what the odds might be, God is greater. He's greater than the odds that's against us. Do you believe that today? So we got to believe that even though the opposition might be big, God's bigger. See, God is like, he's building like a, a team, like a sports team. You could say Sea Life Church is like a sports team, like a football team. And Jesus is the quarterback in calling the plays. And God is the referee. <laughs> so how can we lose? We can't lose. Why? Because, because Jesus is our star quarterback and he's, he's throwing the shots. And I'm telling you, we're, we're winning in this life because Jesus is with us. Say this out loud. God is for me. Now let's look at 1 Peter 5 and 7. It says here uh, in New King James, it says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. I like what the Amplified says. I like how it, it says it. It says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Amen. In other words, what he's saying is, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Amen. Don't worry, be happy. Amen. Uh, and, he, and he said, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you carefully. Amen. So, so if, if God, you know, uh, knows, you know, when a sparrow falls, he, he knows all about your life and he's watching over you carefully. Glory to God. He is with you. This is what he's saying here. He is with you. And we know that Peter, when he talked about casting uh, your cares on the Lord, see, see the, the, when you need to do that is when you're dealing with opposition. When you're not dealing with any opposition, it's easy to trust God. But when you're dealing with opposition, you're dealing with financial deficit, you might be dealing with a sickness, or you might be dealing with problems in relationships, then that's when you're going to have to learn to cast your cares on the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's easy to, to walk in faith when, when you have no opposition coming against you. But just wait. It's coming. <laughs> just wait. The enemy's going to attack us. Just wait, you know, doing the enemy attacked Jesus in the wilderness. Remember, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and the devil attacked uh, Jesus in the wilderness. And remember how Jesus overcame in the wilderness. He said, it is written. And so he kept quoting the word. Whenever the devil attacks us, you better start quoting some word. You, you better not let any uh, F-bombs be slipping out of your mouth. Amen. That doesn't show any faith. Amen. No, no cursing out of your mouth. Amen. No, only praises comes out of the people of God. Amen. When I was playing cornhole and I missed my shot, glory to God. Glory. Praise the Lord. 
I dropped some praise God. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. Glory to God. And I started getting better. And I started getting them in the hole. That's why it's called cornhole. You get it right in the hole. Glory to God. Amen. And and so the more I I stayed in faith and cast my cares on the Lord, he brought me into victory. I know that's just a a simple illustration, but but we all want to win. Amen. We all like to win. Amen. And even as simple as a cornhole game. Glory to God. But we're not just playing a game in this life. I'm, it, it's for real. This life is for real. And the stakes are high. And the enemy's trying to knock some of us out with problems and issues. But we're not going to let the enemy knock us out. And so when Peter, amen, and then of course, uh, let me finish up my point. When Jesus was in the wilderness, finally the Bible says that the devil left him. But it actually said for, to return for a more opportune time. So the devil will leave us for a season, but get ready. He's going to try to come back. Why? Because he doesn't give up. He's going to keep dogging us, coming against us, but you keep standing with God. Don't give up. Keep pressing in and you will see the salvation of the Lord. You believe that today? In Acts 12, 1 and 10, let's just look at this. This is powerful because Peter, when he wrote this about casting your cares on the Lord, he experienced it. And he experienced it a few years ago in Acts 12, 1 and 2. It says, now about the time Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to arrest some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother John, with the sword. Amen. Because I'm saying I'm going to say this. When we serve God, we lay down our lives. And we don't need to fear what, what man can do to us. And we see here that he killed James, the brother John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. What was he going to do? He was going to execute Peter, too. That was his goal. And Peter was there. And notice that he had four squads of soldiers. Can, you, can somebody say impossible odds? <laughs> there were impossible odds for Peter to escape this situation. I mean, I mean uh, Herod was making sure that Peter wasn't going to escape four squads of soldiers for one man. Amen. Think about that. And, and so, so he says here... Uh, uh, he says here, uh, uh, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was there, kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. That's powerful. Because in, 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 in the scriptures that I was talking to you before, is that God is with us and he's with those that are with us. So it's not just God with us, but God is with our family that's with us. And thank God that Peter had a church that was praying for him. Hallelujah. And I'm going to say this to you today. You got people praying for you. You got Jesus that's in heaven, that's our high priest, praying for us 
and then you, you, we got the prayer team, and we pray for you every week. And I pray for you almost every day. So if prayer's going out for you all the time, that's what's keeping us up. Amen. So he says, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. See, see Peter said, cast your cares upon the Lord. Peter knew that, that, um, that, that James was killed earlier. And he probably knew that that was his fate. But he knew something more than that because even Jesus told him he wouldn't die until he was older. And he was a young man at this time, so he trusted God. And he says here, Peter was sleeping. He wasn't awake all night uh, in fear. And I'm going to say this, when we cast our cares on the Lord, we're going to sleep well. (laughs) We're going to sleep at night, casting your cares on the Lord. And And notice it says this, he was bound with two chains between two soldiers. Can somebody say impossible? And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. Well, well, what he actually did, he struck Peter. What he, Peter was so sound asleep, he had to, strike, he had to smoke Peter to wake him up. Think about how peaceful. In other words, Peter learned to cast his cares on the Lord. When he wrote the epistle of Peter, he's saying, cast my cares on the Lord. He lived it. (laughs) He lived through that bad night. And an angel uh, raised him him up saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did. And think about this, the soldiers were around, so the soldiers must have been put to sleep supernaturally. And he said to him, put on your garment, follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what he was done uh, uh, by the angel was real, but though he was seeing a vision. But when, when they were past the first and the second guard post, think about that, they came to the iron gate and it leads to the city, which opens to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down the street and immediately the angel departed from them. Peter was free. Amen. You know, that, you know uh, Houdini, which was a, a great magician, and, and he would you know, uh, get out of all these tight spots, these feats, uh, these daredevil feats. Uh, one day he was put in prison naked and, and he was, uh, he was uh, you know, commissioned to break free of this jail that they locked him in. And he had this pick in his mouth. And he pulled that out and started working on the lock. And, you know, and he, and, and he, and he was having a hard time. And he was hard, having a hard time trying to pick that lock. And he was sweating in 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And he was on, on a timetable. And he just, like, he just thought, oh my. And he pressed on the door and it just opened. <laughs> Have you heard that story about Houdini? The door wasn't even locked. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying that door that the enemy is trying to put us in is unlocked by the power of God. I'm saying that door is an imaginary door that, that tries to keep us trapped in whatever the enemy is trying to do in our lives. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we know that, and it and said that, that the door that Peter, uh, that was in prison, uh, that God opened it up supernaturally. And I'm going to say this, that God is opening doors supernaturally in our lives. Think about this. Peter experienced God's supernatural deliverance when he was in prison. Perhaps waiting for execution. Falling a day, but God sent that angel and set him free. And so he was back in that church meeting that night. Again, Psalms 54, 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. And I'm going to say this as a church, we're upholding one another as we walk this faith life in Christ. Now we're going to continue to read in 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we have here that, that Peter has a revelation that the devil wants to take us down. But he can't take us down as long as we keep walking with God. You have an assignment on God. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants, to, he wants us to relax our hold on Christ. What kind of people does the devil devour? He can devour lazy Christians. We can't afford to be lazy in our walk with God. We got to be forthright, pressing in, coming out as often as we can, getting into the word of God, praying as much as possible. Amen. We got to keep pressing in to the things of God every day. You can't take a vacation from God. In Hebrews 6, 11, 12, it says here, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. Show the same diligence so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So, so, so Paul is exhorting us that he's saying, don't become lazy in your walk with God. Don't get lackadaisy in your walk. Keep pressing in to the things of God. I like what it says in Ephesians, talking about our time. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So the devil will try to devour our time. Can I, can I talk to you this morning? The devil will try to, try to monopolize our time on things that, that, that don't make a difference in the kingdom of God. And we got to be very careful that the devil's not monopolizing our time and getting us on side issues. And we need to be on the main issue, which is the kingdom of God. You know, one of the biggest lies that the devil puts on people is, is that, that, that God is controlling everything and everything's going to work out for, for most people. But, but no, that, that's not true. God is only going to work out, out what it says in Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So what God is working out for good is for those that are called. Somebody say, I'm called. And he's working good out for me. 
And it says, for those that love God. How many people love God in here? So if we love God, then what, then does that, the, if we love God, then what equates to loving God is obeying God. The, you know, there's a song, trust and obey, because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust him. We trust God, we love God, and we obey God. And it takes more than just confession. We're a confession church. We believe in confessing the word. You can confess that, that God meets your needs according to God's riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You can confess that, but you're going to have to obey his word pertaining to finances. Confession alone is not going to bring you into the abundance that God wants to bring you into. In other words, there's going to be something that we're going to have to do. Amen. Because there's a man's side and a God's side. So, 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 so the deception of the enemy may make us think we can go on a truth of confession, but we got to go in the truth of obedience. And so we know this, that, that God's financial plan for the kingdom of God is Malachi 3. Malachi 3, 10 and 12. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so it will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So we see here in Malachi 3.10, it's the power of giving. We know that, that the power of the gift can release the blessing of heaven on our lives. And there's so many stories about, about giving in the Bible. In the Old Testament, the, the widow that gave, you know, her last piece of bread to the prophet, glory to God. And she had an oil, a cruise that would never fail. Think about that. The, 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 the boy that brought the, the, the fish and the loaves to Jesus, he multiplied them over and fed thousands of people. There's many miracles of giving in the Bible. And if we get into the program of God's financial plan and we just don't confess that we're blessed, but we obey God, then you will see the blessings of God. What will you see? Well, you, well, you will see that God will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you cannot even contain. You, amen. It, it, the Bible says that he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Amen. In other words, whatever you put your hand to will prosper. Amen. Whatever the enemy may be trying to do in your life, God will prosper you. And the third thing, he says that nations will call you, people will see the blessing on your life. God wants to show you off. God wants to reveal his greatness in your lives. God want, he wants you blessed. He doesn't want you cursed, glory to God. And so, and so one of the ways we allow the enemy to work in our lives is by not being obedient to God's word. So trust God today. Give into the kingdom and watch God open doors. You know, I think about this and I, I, I hate to use myself as an example, but I only know what goes on in my life. <laughs> and, uh, but it's like every year, it just seems like, you know, when we go on a vacation, our vacations get paid for. 
Somebody gives us finances. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's amazing to me. It's, it has never felt, has it? it was, always we get financial blessings when we plan a vacation and God moves on somebody's heart to bless us. To bless us. And uh, I, I, I'm just amazed myself. But I, I believe it's because, you know, Yin and I were tithers. Everything that comes into us, we tithe back to the church. We tithe, you know, our, our part-time job that, that we have with Amazon. Everything, we tithe. Amen. Every blessing that comes in, we tithe on that too. <laughs> and then God just blesses us. God moves on people's hearts. He gives us favor. He opens doors of grace. Amen. Things that, I, you know, I, I don't ask people for things, but God moves on people's hearts and he does the supernatural. Why? Because God doesn't only bless you intrinsically, but he blesses you through people. Amen. 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 And so we got to get that revelation. Amen. Uh, you know, the devil's out to steal, kill and to destroy. But Jesus is the one that said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And he wants us to have that abundant life. But we got to work with God. Amen. Glory to God. First Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, now the rest of it is resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We have to resist the devil. We have to resist uh, unforgiveness. We have to resist the lies of the devil where, where, where the devil will try to make us think that God's word is not true or it doesn't work. It works. The devil will try to challenge us in every way. And we got to get a revelation that God is for us and he's not against us. The devil has lost. In Revelation 12, 7 and 9, uh, just a little look at, at the devil. He says, the war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. The serpent of old, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he has cast to the earth. His angels were cast out with him. So this is a real account of what happened in the heavens eons ago when the devil was thrown out of heaven. Glory to God. And notice it says here that the devil deceives the whole world. His goal uh, to keep us from experiencing God's goodness is to try to deceive us in some way or some manner. And so he's continually trying to deceive mankind, but he cannot deceive us if we allow the word of God and the truth of God's word to be alive in our lives. The devil works through lies. God works through truth. God sets us free by the truth of his word and the devil binds us up with lies. And when we are sitting today, you're sitting today under the word of God, getting a revelation that no matter what is going on, you will overcome. And I'm going to say this, the rest of this in Revelation, it says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And the way you're going to overcome the devil is by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You will overcome. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. Get a revelation of that. We overcome. You are overcoming today because of the blood of the Lamb. In other words, because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus paid the price so that we can walk in victory in this life. He paid the whole price for us. Glory to God. We overcome because of that price He paid. We have forgiveness of sins. We have righteousness in God. We have access to all the heavenly benefits in heaven, glory to God. We have it, glory to God. We overcome. And as you continue to meditate on what Jesus has done for us, and as you continue to confess this week, God is with me, amen? God is for me. And God is working to help me in this life. You are going to win. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness today. I thank you that you're with us. As you were with the the people in the Old Testament, Moses, as you were with Peter when he was in his plight in prison, you're with us and you're setting us free. And we thank you, Lord God, that there's no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I thank you for the people here In this church, I thank you for those that are watching online. And perhaps you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Where the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So I want to invite you to confess this prayer. And when you confess this prayer, I believe it's going to usher you in to the kingdom of God. Just say this out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross. For my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 